1: Hello and welcome to Series 5, Episode 11. It's the Christmas special of John Richardson and the Future Noughts and already bombshells from Mr. Mark Stevenson. <laughs> Edgar Lesby and I reeling from your loathing of the song A Spaceman Came Travelling by Christopher Burr. What's that all about? It's Christopher Burr. What's wrong with Christopher Burr? Surely we can't end the year like this on this sour note. We're starting it like this. We'll get on by the end. It's a great song, isn't it? Oh, he's not. He's not even going there.
0: I think we used a picture of Christa Berg when we did our British Council of Offices gig, and we had a picture of Christa Berg saying, "Modern office life is like Christa Berg, soulless."
2: Yes.
1: Well. Oh
2: no! Look, I, look it's a seasoned. For, of goodwill, isn't it? So, so I yeah. i wish Christopher a very happy Christmas, and I I congratulate him on his success. It's just not my favorite Christmas song. I think it's overplayed, and it it yeah,
1: it's a bit overwrought. I think. What is your favorite Christmas song? Don't of do you? favorites. Favorites are false choices. Don't well, make me. Well, what is the
0: ultimate prog Christmas track then? Didn't we ta- didn't we talk about this? We've before? already
2: done this one. It's it's Carol of the Bells. Everybody knows that. It's Carol of the Bells, right? Yeah, All right, right. Okay. Ed.
0: <laughs> what my ultimate christmas song yeah it's not a classic i'm going to go with the one that everyone's trying to get to number one this year the we tried the louise harris song which is the one that's written by the xr just stop oil activist and it's there it's right there up in the charts at the moment i think it's number one on itunes Brian Eno said, this is a beautiful and moving song, and it's a powerful weapon, and we need to wake up to the cowardly inertia of our governments, to the greedy short-sightedness of business as usual, and to the humbling, distra- or the numbing distractions of the media. This song woke me up. I hope it gets centuries of airtime. Oh, wow.
2: This yeah. is very festive.
0: <laughs> well, it is a beautiful, moving song.
2: Yeah, well, I've not heard it. i tell you what is beautiful and moving, if we're doing a review of the year. Is uh, I cannot stop listening to the new Peter Gabriel album, which I think I, I think he must have written it especially for me and what I'm feeling at the moment. It's I can't I literally <laughs> can't stop listening to it. I, it's, I'm, it's on repeat when I'm not talking.
0: Do you know the meaning of the word solipsism? Is this a joke? <laughs> well, you know you say when well, you say it feels like he's written it just for me. Yeah, wh- which means like solipsism is the belief that you are the only thing that exists, and so therefore it must be all about you
2: no I do not I d I don't I don't literally mean that. Obviously, I don't think Peter Gabriel <laughs> you know releasing his first what, album in fifteen years would ever thought, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna find a podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to all the episodes and then try and distill just one of the presenters inner turmoils into a set of of beautiful songs. Is it Io? Yes. It's absolutely it's one of the greatest things he's ever done. That's his tenth studio album, isn't it?
1: Yes. Came yes, out on the first of December. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm trying to get back in at six music oh uh, are you yeah i want my old job back okay yeah. why is that yeah didn't didn't he record it um basically from april 1995 to december 2022 yes yeah it's art rock and art pop isn't it from memory it's about 68 minutes and nine seconds isn't it on the bright side mix that's that's absolutely
2: right and when i was chatting to peter recently he said that he did indeed write it all about john richardson
1: what's your favorite track is it four kinds of horses or we're gonna fuck shit up i don't (laughs) that's not on there (laughs) oh no it's not on there sorry (laughs) love can heal yeah (laughs) that's
2: it uh my favorite track at the moment and as i said i don't do favorites is playing for time which is a beautiful sort of oh yeah coming out on the 7th of march yeah it's a beautiful meditation on what it is to be alive for only a short period especially as you get older as i am
1: yeah, I think Peter himself said it's more of a personal song about how you can assemble memories and whether we're prisoners of time or whether that time is something that can actually free us. And I think it's good to push yourself towards more bold and interesting experiences. Look, is this your Christmas to me <laughs> Like, we're going to turn this into a
2: prog <laughs> rock discussion show? Because if it
1: is, I'm there. Like, we can we can go for the next hour. Well, I upset you with the Berg references. Listeners, would be pleased to know I do have some celebrity questions standing by. So nope. if it all gets a bit... Uh, the world and the futurey, I'm going to quiz you two on whether you do actually understand the world you live in. Have you kept up, you know, because what is the world really? It's about people, isn't it, and, and relationships. So I think for the two of you to do your jobs properly, you need to understand the full range of human experience that is possible. And therefore, I will be asking you about Kanye's new relationship today. <laughs> do you even know who Kanye is with at the moment? What, no. you mean his new relationship today? No, since he divorced Kim. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not from Mellon, Kim. Yeah, I don't know how far back you go in your celebrity knowledge, but it's not Kim Wilde, not Kim Battinger. This is his um uh flirtation with uh, Bianca Sensori. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Well done. Well, he
0: managed to Google that while talking.
1: Uh oh, he right. was literally playing for time you Gabrieled me <laughs> <laughs> you sly old dog
2: hey, it's um, almost as if there's this thing called the internet in the background I know I'll be sometimes used for
1: research I'm gonna have to put you on the spot for quicker answers and I'll be you listening are. out for keyboard typing like Ken Bruce <laughs> on potmaster all right are, is anyone have joining me in a drink since it's Christmas I've got coffee I put a tiny bit of cognac in my coffee just to be with you in spirit John Thank you very much. I have a little glass of vermouth on the side, my nan's favourite drink, one of my own. So, uh, let's get Christmasy. <laughs> what brand of vermouth is it out of interest? This one is called uh Vermut. I'm sure it sounds better in <laughs> German, the language in which it was intended. So isn't that just vermouth in another language? Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, but it says on the bottle Vermut. Right, So that's what I call it, vermit. I'm having a glass of vermit. Okay. <laughs> Lost our vermit. That's what I'm having. Right. You're having a glass of vermit like a hermit, but you deserve I'm it. I'm a vermit hermit. Yeah. And I haven't earned it because it's 10.15 in the morning. Hey, I do the poetry round here. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so we have questions from our listeners for the two of you. So I'll I'll ask you a proper question from a listener about stuff. Yeah and then I'll ask you a celebrity question. And maybe there'll be a prize for whoever gets the most celebrity questions right. Okay. (laughs) Maybe there won't.
2: Surely there should be a prize for the person who gets the most celebrity questions wrong.
1: Mm, No, I don't think so. That's easy to do. Yeah. This is not other podcast that encourages failure. (laughs) Let's not pull at that thread. Justine says, Hello all. Hello. Which top companies do you think are on Santa's naughty and nice list this year? Who deserves the talking Teddy Ruxpin, or whatever today's equivalent is, and who deserves a lump of coal right up the jacksie? What's Teddy Ruxpin? Oh, come on, mate. Christopher, now you claiming ignorance of Teddy Ruxpin. I've still got a talking Teddy Ruxpin. It doesn't work. But it was a Teddy Ruxpin was a character who lived, I think, with a caterpillar called Grubby. Really? Something like that? Yeah, and he would go on adventures in a hot air balloon with a wizard, and then they released a talking Teddy Ruxpin, which was a Teddy Ruxpin that you could put cassettes in the back of, and it would play the storybook out of a little um, speaker, and his mouth and eyes would move as if he was telling you the story himself. That sounds
0: terrifying. It sounds. Have like, you? Have you sure you not been eating blue cheese?
1: <laughs> it is one of those sort of early model. I mean, I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen, and was convinced as a child that Teddy Ruxpin was talking to me and telling me stories. If I showed my daughter it now, she wouldn't sleep for a year. (laughs) Such such have been the advancements.
2: Do you remember this, Mark? No, it 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 fell in between. So it's this is kind Uh. of a mid eighties toy. So we were a little too old to have been interested in it. We were probably because we were sort of early teenagers. You were
1: out down the roller disco. By then yeah
2: whereas john would have been sort of you know six or seven i guess and that therefore would have been like you know a, a cool thing then i got i like the idea of thinking about a little john richardson talking to his teddy that's a rather sweet
1: 1987 the talking teddy rockspin. where where were you both in 1987
0: yeah that makes me 15. So it must be marked yeah. by about the same. So, masturbating furiously in his bedroom. Nah, probably dressed as a goth, drinking cider in Chapelfield Gardens in Norwich and experimenting with Sobrani cigarettes.
2: I would have been in my bedroom composing prog rock.
0: <laughs> really? At 15?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just discovered simultaneously pink floyd and the stranglers at the same time and was trying to mix the two into a into a wicked alchemy
1: i tell you what you can't get a better stranglers yeah can't get a better euphemism for masturbation than the pink strangler (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: what was the first track you ever wrote it's uh, it's still going on (laughs) (laughs) i remember actually one of the first tracks i ever wrote for public performance was was for the school music competition so every year we had a competition at school or houses competed and they always asked me to compete in the music competition. I always said no, because I didn't want to get involved in that shabby nonsense. And in my last year, I think when I was 17, I thought, all right, I'll write you a song then. And I performed it in front of a load of everybody and of course one, but it was a song called Becoming Duller which was about the horrors of middle age, which I sang as a very arrogant 70-year-old in front wow. of a bunch of middle-aged uh, parents basically <laughs> lambasting their the abandonment of their dreams and their their capitulation with the horrific status quo. And they still gave me the
1: prize. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, no, not far off what you've gone on to do for a living. Exactly, no, no yeah. I was just thinking about it. It's kind of like, yeah, actually, it's probably the clues were there, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. What would be the
0: updated version be like becoming deader? Yes. Written from your, the arrogance of your middle-aged perspective.
1: Yeah, okay. I very much like the phrase, the first song I wrote for public performance. <laughs> there's, a, there's a back catalogue you want to delve into. What was Mark writing just for his own amusement up in his bedroom?
2: Well, I wrote a song last night, actually. I wrote a Christmas song. Did you? Yeah. What's it called? Uh, I think it's called Sometime in December, but I'm not sure. Okay. Do you want to hear the lyrics?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's not, I think it's called Deep in December.
1: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: December's not Kanye West's new girlfriend is she (laughs) not gonna do it now (laughs) fuck you
0: Oh, come on. That was a very warm
2: reception we were giving you there.
1: Well, is it, have you written it for public performance or not? Well, I, I, let's, let's see, shall
2: we? It's, uh, well, these are the words that I wrote last night after a few glasses of wine. There was a moment there in the dark, a flicker of love, an echo of the heart. Deep in December, snow starts to fall. The cold cleans our whistles and asks of us all. Here's the chorus. Could we listen a little deeper? Could we love without so much need? Could we forgive without crossing our fingers and just be... There is a moment just once a year when we believe that we imagine we're above fear. Deep in December, love starts to rise. The cold comes a calling and it opens our eyes to seeing each other just for a day. Could we love more fully without having to say, we love me if I love you and
1: just be.
0: Wow. Oh, lovely. That's
2: better than the lady in red. Well, I should fucking hope so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, um, it's Coldplay-esque and there's no higher compliment than that. Oh, you fucking bastards. <laughs> To Justine's question. Oh, yeah. What was was his question? question? Yeah. (laughs) The naughty and nice list for companies of 2023. Oh,.
0: Naughty. Uh, it's got to be like the toxic Muskosphere. Like, I don't know what's happened to Elon Musk, but he seems to have mm. completely lost the plot, doesn't he? Like, you know, X has just become that horrible place you never want to go to ever again, full of nasty people saying incredibly offensive things. And now it's all sort of leaking out into his other businesses as well. You know, Tesla and uh, I just, yeah, I despair of the man.
2: I think it still has to be BP for me, because for, for their continuing disingenuous approach to climate change, the monster profits they've made. And actually, you know, those profits depend upon a system of energy production that is open to shocks and fluctuations in price uh, that actually, when they go the right way, make them so enormously rich that they can weather all the other storms. And basically, it keeps the world... That whole business model, not only is it bad for the planet, it's bad for everything because it actually makes it very difficult to invest in our future. Mm. And so their business model is essentially based around an uninvestable future because of fluctuating energy prices. And, you know, they don't want a happy new year. They just want a complicated new year because whenever it's complicated with energy prices, they can fucking clean up. And I hate them. And they try to greenwash their way out of it and fuck the fucking lot of them. Yeah. Do you know what?
0: I had a really horrible thought as well after speaking to John Elkington the other week when he was saying that we're probably going to have to find some way to compensate or pay off these bastards, not least the sort of state-owned fossil fuel enterprises, but probably the commercial ones too. I wondered whether there's actually a kind of an even darker, more sinister motive that they, they're trying to like bolster themselves up as much as possible to maximise the value of that payout. And it brought to mind, you know, that moment, I think we talked about it on like a previous episode a long time ago when you know it was 2015 when the uk finished paying off its slavery reparations you know mm. to slave owners you know it was it was basically 180 years it took us to pay off mm. like post-emancipation and it, it just filled me with horror thinking you know our kids and our grandchildren and our great grandchildren could still be paying off the reparations that will be due to these oil companies and these fossil fuel giants if that's the way we end up having to go. And it's a like Urgh. so yeah, they are bastards. And
2: happy Christmas to all. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well we are on the naughty list this after all. The these are the guys list, getting yeah. they're getting the red hot coal up the jacksie aren't they? Yeah you've added red hot, but I've added I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm up the ante a bit. Absolutely. And there's a couple of others that also spring to mind. I mean You know, I think we've talked about private equity as well and what they do to businesses as well. Uh, And I'm quite a fan of a a cup of Pucker Tea. You know, they make really good herbal teas and have done it in a super ethical way. And they've just, they've been bought out by Lipton Tea, which is another of these uh, entities which are owned by private equity. And Everyone at pucker has basically been sacked. You know, they've just done that classic consolidation thing. So all these people who have worked for years, totally committed and passionately building up a really powerful ethical brand have now been laid off. It just sticks in my craw because we see this happen time and time again with really successful ethical companies that build business doing something very different. Then they get acquired, they get bought out, and then they get gutted. Oh, trust me,
1: crazy. You can't even have a bloody herbal tea anymore.
0: No, no. No, and then i guess the final one would probably be balenciaga i don't even remember the furore of this campaign i don't even know how these ad campaigns get off the ground but they had a whole bunch of kids posing with like bdsm teddies and it was just like what how did how did this art direction ever get out of the conceptual discussion mm. like whoever thought this was appropriate it's just it's bonkers
2: reminds me of some of the photo shoots we did for the podcast that we decided were probably not for public consumption <laughs> <laughs> that gimp mask you had on was just wrong
0: It wasn't a gimp mask, it was a Mexican wrestling mask <laughs>
2: It was a big difference
0: <laughs> Not from the angle we were photographing it <laughs> Gimp masks are for BDSM dungeons And Mexican wrestling masks are for public arenas
1: You don't half sweat in vegan leather as well Tell you what. <laughs> a lot of
0: talcum powder required.
1: Yeah.
2: Are there any companies on the nice list? I can think of some. I'm going to return to a favourite of ours, which is small beer. Hey! They continue to sort of pioneer sustainable beer production. They've created this year, along with my company, Curate the World's first genuine carbon removed beer. So it removes 11 times the carbon that went into its production every time you drink it. You know, So it turns alcoholics into superheroes. Um, and they continue to sort of lead the industry and in trying to, to sort of turn the whole brewing world uh, more ethical. And I, what I love about them is lots of people look at them, and go, what are they doing? We know, for instance, that Heineken looks at what small beer is doing and that's the direction of the future. So they, you know, are friends of, of your, they're doing great. Their beer tastes amazing. It's low alcohol, but very tasty. And they're pioneering a world in which drinking beer repairs the world. I mean, what's not to like? I mean, surely, isn't that get the top award? Yeah. How long till Heineken try and buy them then, do you reckon? Mm, well I don't know and you're going to ruin it now aren't you you're going to just do a thing or I've said something nice and now you're going to bring us
1: down as long as Lipton don't buy them at least if Heineken buy them they'll stay booze if they get bought out by Lipton it'll become tea tea. (laughs) bad tea yeah
0: and there is something here I think there's something about you know the ones on the nice list it's like I'm not saying every small business is holier than thou and and whiter than white, because clearly they're not. But the chances are your local businesses are the ones which are the ones you should be giving to your custom team, Mm. because they are likely to be looking after their staff, they might be family run, you know, they're probably cycling money within your local area and your neighbourhood, which is good for your community. And, you know, that's where we should be putting our cash. So, you know, we often, when we talk about the, naughty and nice we often focus on the big brands Mm. but yeah go local nice to your local businesses this Christmas.
2: But don't be the person who only goes to your local pub on Christmas Eve along with 50 of your mates and you all order one drink each because that pisses off your landlord and landlady more than anything you can possibly imagine. You haven't been there all fucking year. You're crowding the place out. You don't know how to order. You don't know how to queue at a bar. You don't know what the drinks are and basically you've turned what should be one of the best nights of a year (laughs) in a pub into one of the worst for them. So just think about it before you, person who's never been in the pub, thinks that you have an entitlement to go into the local pub and ruin it for everybody else with your stupid Christmas drink.
0: <laughs> that reminds that, 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 me of the old Not the Nine O'Clock News sketch with Rowan Atkinson playing the vicar on Songs of Praise in the village church where Songs of Praise comes to film Obviously, oh, oh, yes. an addition in the church. And he goes, he goes, so nice to see so many people here this week. You know, it wasn't quite the same thing last Sunday, was it? Harvest Sunday, when the congregation consisted of myself, the organist, Mr. Posner, and a tin of spaghetti. He goes, where were you bastards then?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Justine, I hope that answers your question. Uh, it's time for the first Fingers on Buzzer's celebrity quiz round. Okay. <laughs> and you're on your honour not to Google. Mm-hmm trusting you implicitly Mm -hmm. what was noteworthy about the new release from robert de niro and al pacino this year uh are the fact that they played each other in different periods of their life no it's not what i'm thinking of that's that's too factual for this quiz (laughs) any guess from mark is it no Uh, okay hang on on. Uh, are they both the same age oh they're not they're 83 and 79 respectively but i tricked you is it is it this is the
2: the the joint oldest leading men (gasps) ensemble
1: in ever in 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 cinema history joint oldest leading ball (laughs) sacks I tricked you because the new release wasn't a film The new releases were babies They both had babies this year Al Pacino at 83 with his 29-year-old girlfriend And Robert De Niro at a sprightly 79 Meaning the age gap between his children is Youngest seven months, oldest 52 Wow. Wow There we go what do you think of that? You up for that? You fancy uh, still having kids at eighty-three?
0: I find it very weird. I find it very yes. weird. You're not going to be around that long, are you? It's no. something. Something very. I don't know. Stoicistic about that.
2: I feel absolutely knackered a lot of the time, and I've you know I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, and I'm fifty-two. The idea. That, you know, you. Of course, they're so. We yeah, haven't got a
1: retinue of people.
2: That's the thing. So they're not. It's not. Not really. It's not really parenting, is it? Because somebody else will look after that child, and somebody else will get up in the middle of the night.
1: Yes, which is a dereliction of your duty as a father.
2: Indeed. So, so far, bit from me to ruin Christmas again, but fuck Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, you arrogant bastards. <laughs> somebody has. <laughs> <laughs> I think stop fucking this. Yes, um. it's okay. <laughs> but, and Mick Jagger's had another one recently as well. I think it's just
0: it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Not so much deep in December as deep in nine months earlier.
1: What is their sperm like at that age? It must be like, you know, when you uh, touch a spider's web (laughs) and it sort of just all bunches up and sort of sticks to you. There is a
0: lot of evidence now for deterioration of sperm quality. You get a lot more kind of... Genetic mutations and, you do. Yeah, and malformations. Yeah, it's so your DNA is starting to really deteriorate. Mm. It's not just female fertility that declines with age; it's men's as
2: well. Well, again, again, happy Christmas, everybody! Can <laughs> we can we line this up?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, well, Oliver's got a lovely, light-hearted question in response to last week's feedback on this series. I wanted to ask a spicy question to spice everything up. What do you three think of Keir Starmer's Labour Party? I think they're fucking (laughs) shite. Kindest regards, Oliver. (laughs) That's nice, isn't it? Happy Christmas to you, Oliver. Yeah. This this podcast doesn't really lend itself to a Christmas special, does it? That's what we're learning.
2: (laughs) Well, John, I think you should go first because I remember very famously you were on Have I Got News For You the day after... Uh, Jeremy Corbyn uh, lost to David Cameron, I think. I was. And uh, you said something, commented on that, and you got absolutely pilloried by absolutely everybody. I did. I was
1: trending on Twitter.
2: Yes. you know, so Everybody on the right hated you. Everybody on the left hated you. And you were like, oh, fucking hell. Yes. So you want that to happen again? I want that to happen again because like, you've <laughs> got you've got previous on this.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I would say that an imperfect system can never lead to perfect parties because the system is broken. So if you only have two choices, you can't really have parties that express their full views. I would say going from that point of a historically crushing defeat for the Labour party, one that is 20 points ahead in the polls is absolutely fine with me. And I think there are a lot of people not happy with the party who probably aren't the people that need it the most. And I think the people that need it the most will benefit greatly from a Labour government. And I would like one. So I would say.
0: I think we're agreed on that. (laughs) Yes, I mean, like, I would definitely not argue with that. I think there is an issue here about you know the hostility of the the media context. It's just the wariness when you are 20 points ahead, you've got everything to lose. So whilst we might not like it, and I personally am disappointed by the kind of courage and bravery so far uh, of being much more outspoken, about being much more direct, about being much more visionary and ambitious. I can see the sort of, you know, nine dimensional chess that's going on of like saying, get power and then, you know, you can be bold
2: and ambitious. But I feel the frustration right now. I think that the, the, there's two questions here, which is what do you think of the, the party and what do you think of Starmer? And the party system, as we've talked about a lot, is completely broken and we should have a much more representative citizenship democracy and go back into the uh, into the back catalogue and go and see our chat with John Alexander if you want to see what we really think about democracy and how it should function. Starmer himself, I'm sure, is a very complex character. The thing that I like about him is he's not an idiot. You know, he's an intelligent man. He's been a lawyer. He was director of public prosecutions, wasn't he? You know, he, he's a man who weighs up evidence, thinks carefully. You may not always, always agree with what he comes up with, but there is at least a, a thoughtful, intelligent human being making decisions largely based on weighing up evidence and deciding the best, or at least the least worst course of action, which I think is mm. is in a huge, marked contrast to you know, the, the the other side, <laughs> which which seems to be a bit of you know sort of just buffooning about with uh, this sense of entitlement and, and no real regard for evidence, and and I was. Um, suggested to the Labour Party recently that they might want to have the strapline Keir Starmer steers karma because I think that's what we all want really
1: oh that's lovely work it really is do you get a round of applause for that well, you know, yeah. surely
2: <laughs> Well, it's a Jordan
0: Peterson I saw a piece by Zoe Williams saying Jordan Peterson said, you know, if the UK elects a Labour government, it'll be Venezuela for 20 years And yeah. <laughs> Zoe Williams was like, have you have you met the Tories? Have you seen what they've done over the last 20 years? It's like I really don't think it could get much worse
2: mm.
1: Indeed There you go. Does that answer the question? It certainly does, and I think that was relatively upbeat and Christmassy <laughs> no, it was all right. Yeah, it was all right, that, wasn't it? Yeah. Compared right. to the last stuff. All right. I'd say we're on an upward trajectory. All right, Let's go get on. back into the celebrity quiz. All right. And you'll be pleased <laughs> to know it's the Taylor Swift round. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. A little Swifty. <laughs> so you'll know, obviously, I'm preaching to the choir here, you guys will know she's currently dating NFL star Travis Kelce. Yes. But earlier this year, she was dating somebody else from a British band. Can you tell me who she was seen with earlier this year? Oh, uh, Taylor
2: Swift with a British band. Was
1: it? Band. I've, I've
2: got a... Was it? Oh! Oh, oh! he's got it. He thinks he's got it. I think... I think it's Matt Healy from the Nine Seventy Five. So that's exactly who it is.
1: Yes. Was that Google assisted?
2: No. I'll tell you why? Because the carbon Removers company is doing the world's first carbon remove gigs at the O2 this year with the 1975. So we're doing the world's. So we're doing four nights where we remove all the carbon from the entire show, and they're going to be a world first. And the 1975 of the band is going to front that for us. So, so I I have had cause this year to to be reading around
1: um, that band, and uh, there it came back to me just there. Wow, that's huge points, and there's a bonus point on Offered if you could tell me, whose mother uh, is, (laughs) I've worded that terribly, I think this is why we're not going to move to TV, guys, Um, (laughs) whose son is Matty Healy? Fran Healy? (laughs) Lovely, that would be nice.
0: No, um, whose son is Matty Healy? I have no idea.
1: You'll kick yourself, it's your favourite TV show. (laughs) <laughs> it's loose women star denise welsh uh, who it's loose women star denise welsh
0: yeah i don't know Yeah, mm. I don't know. again i watch very little tv so um most of this stuff will fall on very stony ground with me
2: yeah i thought actually you were going to say um he's actually timothy healy's son who was famously in our vida zane pet that would have been too easy Mm. Den- oh,
0: okay. I-, I was going to say Dennis Healy, but then I thought it can't be <laughs> 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 unless it- unless he's done a De Niro and a
1: Pacino and
0: like and had a baby from the grave.
1: Yeah, won't rule it out. <laughs> These bloody lot, <laughs> <There's> semen everywhere. <laughs> right to to an email now described by Ed as the best audience email ever. <laughs> oh, a- admittedly, question mark. Mm. Colin from Stourbridge. <laughs> It's okay. not It's not a name and location that suggests we're in for a heavy-hitting email, but he's pulled it out of the bag, Colin, from Stourbridge. Right. A summary of points below. Ooh. What do you think of that? Having only just realized you'd come off your sabbatical, I've done what any sane person would do and listened to six episodes <laughs> in the last few days. <laughs> Fucking hell. He's single, funny. isn't he? There's, well, there's <laughs> something wrong. There's something, something wrong. Point yeah. number one. Ed sounds like Greg Davies. It does. <laughs> we've, we've known this for years. and This has been commented on by a number of people. Can you shout, welcome to Taskmaster? Welcome to Taskmaster. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> um, point number two, Sachi was great. Can she be on all the time?
0: Um, <laughs> who's going to go? It's one in, one out on the podcast, you know. So
1: Yeah, I'm probably done. I'm at least qualified to be here. <laughs> point number three, by far the bleakest point so far was Ed describing a lovely walk he'd been on with his kids and then finishing by equating the gathering gloom of the evening with existential disaster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did, did realise I'd done that. It did somewhat shatter the romanticism of the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, hey, we're
2: working with bit of like dusky metaphors here. Yeah, at that moment when you say to your children, when you see the see the night coming in. That's the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wait, oh. See you in the morning. <laughs> Point number four, very salient. The repeated valiant attempts to finish on a positive note are appreciated, <laughs> and they are valiant. Yeah, and, and they are attempts. Um, point number five, it struck me during one episode that a lot of people do not have the luxury to panic act about the climate. They're just trying to get through the day, week, month. It is incumbent on those of us who do have that luxury, and I include my middle class self in that, to work harder and not expect to be thanked for it. Well said, Colin. Happy Christmas. Yeah
0: yeah well I mean exactly and we've made that point you know you, your impact and your footprint is almost like in direct linear proportion to your income mm. so the people who have the biggest footprints are the people who have the most money and therefore also have the most capacity and ability to reduce those footprints and the people who are at the poorest end of the of the scale are the ones that actually have the smallest footprints.
2: yes and are having the biggest effects of, of climate change and everything yeah. else and, and, one, and but then what really annoys me they're used as a scapegoat by people who have got agency capacity yeah. well I'm not going to do anything because those poor people aren't doing absolutely fucking Everything fuck you arrogant piece of shit and look in the <laughs> mirror and start and start start doing something with your own
1: sad sal, sad self is what I uh, say. Does
0: that count as a valiant attempt? Yeah, I to think be you positive? need to get
1: a valiant attempt ready to stuff your valiant yeah. attempt machine. Uh, okay, number six, the banana episode felt like a bit of a fever dream. Yeah,
0: tell me about it. We were in it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm still <laughs> in it. I mean, uh, to be honest, Colin five series of this podcast
1: seems like a never-ending nightmare. (laughs) in answer to john's request for couples who have climate conflict here's mine my wife's 40th is coming up she wants to go to edinburgh for a long weekend we live in birmingham flights are 10 pound each and take three hours including check-in the train is 150 pounds and takes five hours i want to do the train she wants to do the plane i feel like a nutter as it literally makes no sense other than ecological terms I shall let you know who wins the standoff. Uh,
2: No, see, what you've got to do now is turn the journey into that wonderful calm. Go for it. Like, go first class. Get a really advanced first class ticket. Well, he's already saying it's £150. Go and get a bottle of wine, you know, Mm, and and actually say, this is five hours for us to calmly just sit together in a romantic way. Actually, the, the point of the... Of of the money we're spending here, so we can spend quality romantic time together. It's not, you know, uh, on our way and uh, and and use the journey as a way to ease ourselves into this incredibly romantic time in, uh, in in Edinburgh. So, so you. I mean, there
1: are marriages in which that would be a threat. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the bonus. It's fifteen times more expensive, and you have to talk to me for five hours. <laughs> Happy Christmas, everyone. <laughs> But I would agree. I would make the train part of the, you know, little gifts. Yeah. Um, you could you could arrange people to appear at the window at certain stations. <laughs> and, you know, sell it as a sell it as one of those sort of theatrical experiences. Yeah, turn
0: it into a Richard Curtis film.
1: Yeah. So, just say, I mean, it's the the sentence Colin says, this is the one where you find yourself bashing head against the wall when he says, I feel like a nutter as it makes literally no sense other than in ecological terms. But I mean, that's got to be number one by quite a long way though, hasn't it? Isn't that the point?
0: That's the bit that's got to make sense. That's why we have to build an ecological civilization, people.
1: Yeah. But I'll tell you what, no one else is doing it, so I feel for Colin, because <laughs> if Colin's wife has arranged to meet her friends in Edinburgh, every fucking one of them will be flying mm. up there. Yeah, I've,
0: d- so, I've done that. You know. I've been in a stag weekend in Barcelona where everyone flew except for me, who went by train.
1: Although I had an interesting... I have gigs in Belfast and Derry next year on my tour and was planning to get the ferry to Derry. I don't know if you know the Derry Ferry. The Derry Ferry? No. The Derry Ferry. Um, and I looked into it, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but th- what I read is that because of the size of the car ferry and the journey to the ferry, I don't think the carbon is any different. Ooh, I don't know. Ooh. I've not looked into that. Ed, you would know more about this
2: because you, 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 t- you famously went around the world without flying. And now what I'm yeah. thinking is that possibly your carbon footprints, your one of those big ships was, was much bigger than if you'd flown and they are an ecological criminal.
1: <laughs>
0: well, no, that's not true. I mean, well, the thing is, cargo ships are slightly different because the, the only way you can calculate that is by weight. So, you know, mm. when you're on a, a ship which weighs tens of thousands of tons, you know, the relative carbon footprint of your additional weight on that ship is very, very tiny indeed. Mm. I can see John's point on a car ferry because uh, obviously the, the relative proportion of cargo to ship is is smaller. But I don't think that usually stacks up. What Where it gets complicated is where you've got high occupancy. If you, if you were four people in a car on a car ferry, that might be a different thing. But you're going to be a foot passenger, John, or? Well, I have props for my tour
1: right. that demand a vehicle. Yes, right. no
0: spoilers. We know what those props are, so let's not talk about <laughs> those because they're a <laughs> yeah. very important integral surprise part of yeah. the show. Yeah, and I, I, I get that. I, I'd be very surprised if it was lower carbon to
2: fly. I'd say it's, a, it's, it's not very much. It's going to be way less than a kilogram to get the ferry way less if you think about the size of the ferry and the size of the car and the number of passengers and whatever so i think you've been sold a pup there i think it's much more ecologically friendly to go by ferry
1: who told you that mate who told you that why oh, some some eco traveler website right the further thing is that to get the ferry i have to leave a day earlier and stay a day later mm. which means double hotels and meals out and things mm. i don't know if that's a factor and maybe it's just not do the tour Do not tempt me to cancel gigs <laughs> Not not, not that I'm saying anyone who's booked tickets To the Belfast and Derry gigs Will get the performance of a fucking lifetime Don't you worry about that mm. but I'm just saying if I had the chance now To not do the remaining tour dates That would be fine with me as well right. We've got three more points from Colin in Stourbridge Sorry, is this the Christmas special Or is this the Colin special This is the Colin special right, okay. This is Colin's Christmas okay. <laughs> Colin the human caterpillar email <laughs> My long-established scientific measure on how we're doing with climate change public engagement is how many cars I observe idling their engine when I pick my kids up from gymnastics. We're fucked, but please refer to point five, um, those who have the liberties to panic about the climate. Don't get me started. Uh, Number nine, (laughs) absolutely love economists should study ecology. I'm stealing that. And point number 10, ruddy love you, chaps. And that's Colin in Stourbridge. Well, that's a festive note
0: to end on. (laughs) <laughs> not not the show but to end his email
1: yeah no. yeah he's trying isn't yeah, he yeah exactly
0: he's, he's, that's a valiant attempt to finish on a positive note he did really well he took his own medicine
1: it's yeah. time for the final celebrity quiz question it's oh, currently 1-0 to Mark having I mean the, the luck of having worked with the 1975 which actress said this year an alien touched me and it felt like the finger of God <laughs>
0: How did she know what the finger of God felt like? Has, I, she, has she been touched by that before?
1: True. That's true. She's been fingered by God first. <laughs> she go, oh, I recognize that. I
2: know this. I know oh, this.
0: God, celebrity I culture. I know
2: this.
1: Mark has
0: also been touched by the finger of God, so that's why he empathizes. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I know this because um, I... Because, don't yeah, tell me I you actually...
0: drew down their carbon.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the aliens were visiting. Yeah, exactly. I
2: know, I know this because I have a uh, I have a lockdown sort of drinking club that still persists, you know, on Zoom, which is kind of basically uh, space scientists, prog rock musicians, and rock journalists, and it's a very very geeky sort of bunch of people that, and we talk about all sorts of nonsense, including you know stuff you know, and science fiction is in there quite a lot. So, so I think this may have come up in one of our chats, and I think it's. Ah, oh, it it's
1: it's oh. either it's either Reese with a spoon or Goldiehorn. It is either Reese Witherspoon or Goldiehorn. Goldiehorn Well that means by default I'm gonna let Ed have Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I was
0: about to, I was gonna I was gonna say Reese Witherspoon.
1: Were you was that your first thought anyway? Yeah yeah
0: that, that was my first thought.
1: Well I can reveal that the answer is And winning the quiz 2-0. It's marked oh! it was Goldiehorn. <laughs> Was, this uh, is
0: a quiz I'm delighted to
1: lose. Yeah, absolutely. Well, by, by Mark's rules, you've won because the loser wins. Um, so I don't know if uh, Mark's if changed. The loser that, wins. Have you changed your idea now that whoever gets the lead question should win? Uh, nope, nope, um, nope. Nope, that's fine. I'm very happy. Uh, this is, I think this is the first celebrity quiz I've ever been involved with. and uh, like, You smashed it as well, I have to say. Yeah, there you go. She revealed on Apple's Time to Walk that when she was in her 20s, she called out to any aliens listening, saying she knows we're not alone and I would just like to meet you one day. A mere four months later... <laughs> She was settling (laughs) down for a nap. Always happens when people are just either falling asleep or waking up, doesn't it? Having just taken a whole bunch of ketamine. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. She was settling for a nap in a friend's car and heard a high frequency in her ear and then claimed she saw three triangular-shaped heads, silver in colour, with tiny little noses, no ears, and a slash for her mouth. The aliens were pointing at me, discussing me like I was a subject. She says she was unable to move, but that the aliens touched me, and it felt like the finger of God. It was a benevolent, loving feeling. It was powerful, and it was filled with light. And that is a fact. Those are facts from Goldie Horn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that she had whilst half asleep. Yes. Well, congratulations, Mark. Mm, well, thank you. Well done. I think the prize is the chance to limit the damage to your career that will come as a result of knowing so much about Kanye West and Taylor Swift and Goldie Hawn's alien fingerings.
2: You know, when we said Christmas special, (laughs) Goldie Hawn's alien fingerings was not something I thought would lend itself to the
1: Noel. No, but unfortunately, Graham Norton doesn't want to do this podcast with you, and I do. So you have to deal with the tone that you are brought.
2: Mm.
0: It's probably better than the Christmas leeches. Right. What's a Christmas leech? Deal feel like a video I sent you of the, the forgotten animals of Christmas. It's very yes. weird.
2: With it's very <laughs> weird.
0: <laughs> oh, Christmas leech. Oh, Christmas leech. Yeah, it's, it's basically uh, like alternative carols with different Christmas animals like crocodiles and snakes and leeches. Mm and snails. It's very funny. Mark found it deeply disturbing.
2: I find everything you do deeply
0: disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to the new Christmas traditions we're going to forge together this year, compadre. Oh my, yes. Of course, oh yes.
1: yes. So let, let's let's end by describing in full, we're about to wrap up the business of John Rison and the Future Notes for the year, but the social element continues. Talk to me. Listeners will be fascinated to know what's Christmas dinner going to look like? What is the Christmas day going to be? Uh, the routine uh, well
2: we're having a curry on christmas eve we're having a curry on christmas Eve, which is
0: i've which nice. i'm i'm procuring from uh the pink tiffin uh, which is our legendary local home-cooked curry service by sandeep who cooks his mum's curry recipes and then delivers them to your house on mm. the weekend uh, so it's only pre-order in advance and they're amazing it's like having an indian mother it's absolutely delicious so i'm bringing those down from from norfolk to south london for a kind of curry night on christmas eve
2: mm-hmm. uh, we are doing a massive joint gingerbread project uh, city house project with the kids
0: yeah you know you know neon uh, in the middle east it's going to be like that but made out of gingerbread
2: yeah <laughs> and <laughs> and then and then i'm cooking um christmas dinner with all, all the trimmings my my beloved is making a a a, a, vegan, pie, a the, vegan
0: pie did you remember the did you remember the moth stuffing What? The moth stuffing. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) You did not see this in the papers uh, about Tesco having to withdraw their stuffing because it had moths in it. I immediately thought of you and your kind of passion for entomophagy um, (laughs) and the delight of eating insects. And I almost went out to try and buy some immediately so so we can have some. It's like, this is the stuff that's been recalled because it's not fit for human consumption. I thought, that'd be perfect for us on Christmas Day.
1: Yeah. What are you doing, John? I should be travelling to my mother and sister and mm-hmm. having a family Christmas there. Um, and then the slow descent to New Year, where I'll be staying in and going to bed at 11 o'clock. Mm. Out of spite, I don't go to bed at 11 o'clock any day of the year other than New Year's Eve. Really? Do you not? Yeah. You don't do New Year's Eve? No, nah, I don't like it. Mm. Not for me. New no. beginnings and all that. No. You kind of want to hold on to the, the bitter pillar of the year that's been. Yeah, let's look back on all the mistakes we've made. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as a fresh start. No, it
0: needs to be more like John Elkington. You Remember what he said last week about, you know, his wife saying his ability to forget all the bad stuff almost instantly.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is that is a gift, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, well, I've forgotten four series of this podcast. <laughs>
1: What better teas for series six? <laughs> so we're back in the new year. We are. We got. We got to think about a live show.
2: Somebody from Peterborough said, you know, last week we were talking about where we might do the yeah, the show where we, the the person who runs People Planet Pint in Peterborough, Peterborough has offered <laughs> so, has
0: offered their venue. <laughs> said perhaps you could possibly do a People Planet Pint in Peterborough with you guys, with you prats. Yeah. Not Pete from People Planet Pint Peterborough. Yeah, Pete from People Planet Pint Peterborough, and he said possibly. <laughs>
1: yeah Oh well, if there's a chance to have a pint with Pete from people Planet Pipe Peterborough then I think we should absolutely <laughs> accept i don't I don't think it was pete post
2: haste I think it was a it was a it was a lady Petra. her name is not Pete. Her name is Kaylee Kaylee <laughs> is it too late to say we're ready? We'll come to Planet Love. people Pine for you. <laughs>
1: so there we go that concludes the christmas special and a warning do you really, remember to listeners. dancing in stilettos in the snow that's quite a christmas lyric isn't it it's beautiful it's one of my favorite songs yeah um, is it but yeah oh, i love yeah i love a bit of marillion i just keep it quiet on this podcast for for reasons which i think have just become very apparent <laughs> oh,
2: well mean um, we should have a we, should, we could do a marillion special
1: yeah we could <laughs> the future i fish. no longer consume fish <laughs> um, i was into marillion before i became vegan now i feel it would be hypocritical but he's not in the band
2: anymore but he was at that point yes but you can be in if you if if your objection is that one of the <coughs> members is named after a foodstuff that you <laughs> don't like, then uh, unless you've taken to eating steve hogarth then you should be fine <laughs> marillion now fish free yeah
0: <laughs> well <What if>, um, <laughs> they've stuffed marillion full of corn
1: it's been a wonderful year, has it? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, it's been yeah. a really, really
2: fucking No, tough no, remember year. Colin. <laughs>
1: I'm a valiant remember Colin.
2: Remember Colin. Think of Colin. I'll tell you what though, he he's right though. I have had, I think, one of the toughest years in my life, like by a by a country mile, really, really, really hard, and a lot of people around me have as well. But it does seem that it's coming actually to a, a quite a nice end. A lot of things have, have resolved themselves and it does feel very optimistic going into the future so 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 yes i am doing a colin but god, oh god I, I i don't know how it's me and quite a few people i know survived this year so it's been pretty pretty tra- tra- traumatic but yes now you know christmas i'm looking forward to it and this is pretty much the la- i've got one more meeting this afternoon and then i'm off amazing but i've also created a special christmas mystery for the kids that i've got to finish off which is all the clues around the house so i'm gonna do all that wow is that for all of the kids no, no, it's just for Emmett and Harris. It's very specially for them. that I'm doing it before you get here. What I have for you is I'm going to hide small bottles of gin with little bits of poetry around the house, and you have to go and find them, drink them, and construct a poem.
1: <laughs> I like your style. I like your style. You find out how well that goes by whether Ed is uh, still in A&E when we uh, <laughs> uh, record our New Year's show at the end of the year. In Peterborough. In Peterborough, absolutely, with... I'm not going to say the name of that lady in case you kick off again. (laughs) Kaylee, Thank you for listening. Um, Keep in touch. Our email address is hello at johnandthefuturenauts.com. What's our Twitter handle at? At J and the
2: F. And if you want to find like-minded people in the real world, why not type in peopleplanetpoint.com? our official partner for J and the F listeners to get
1: together in pubs, save the planet and drink beer. The listener emails are lovely, aren't they? It keeps us going on the podcast. So thank you for everyone who's interacted with the show on social media or by email this year. Thank you to our producer, Emma, for all her work making it sound better than it did. In the time it was recorded, and thank you to you, Mark and Ed, for everything you do and everything you are. God bless us, everyone. Thank you, John.
0: This is like the end of Christmas Carol, isn't it? It's like we're all going to skip off into the kind of the sunset of hope and a better tomorrow.
1: Yes, it is. There are bad times and there are good times, and Christmas is a time when there's lots of booze about and football and darts on the telly. I would like to say that
2: in what has been some very tough years, actually, the thing I was reflecting on today when I was writing your Christmas card, John, was that the podcast has been a personally positive experience. It's never been a bad thing, us us three getting together, and that is a great gift that there is one thing I can absolutely rely on to make me feel happy and loved. And can I tell you something, let you into a little Christmas secret that when I'm a bit drunk and I'm feeling you know, like I need a little bit of a pep up, I sometimes go back and listen to a few of my favourite bits of the podcast, the three of us just joking with each other, and it makes me feel very warm inside.
0: Mm. It's nothing like doing your therapy in front of the nation, is there?
1: yeah oh there is yeah there is and I think that's our positive end and uh, I'm not I'm personally not going to speculate on a, a drunk Mark listening to the future of sewage to make himself feel better and <laughs> what <that might> mean. <laughs> God bless us everyone have a good Christmas happy Christmas hey